Detroit sucks. Detroit sucks. Hello, everybody. Detroit. Welcome. Yeah, there you go, Ron. Get in on it. Uh, welcome to the Four Feathers Post Game Show. I am Johnny Nani, joined by Ron Luz tonight, and we're discussing a clean sweep of the Detroit Red Wings. The Blackhawks win two to nothing here on Wednesday night hockey. Good to be back. Uh, second time in you know three nights here talking about another Blackhawks winner, man. Yeah, it feels really good. I mean, now what three in a row uh, for this Hawks team? They've won, what is it now, the crazy stat, like seven of the last nine. Um, didn't think we were going to be talking about that kind of stretch this season with this Blackhawks team, but here we are. And like you said, another uh, another winner tonight uh, up in Detroit. And yes, Detroit does suck, and it's nice to see the Hawks get a two-game sweep over the once upon a time and now reborn rival Red Wings. It's, uh, it's always fun. Always fun to beat Detroit. Much more fun that the Blackhawks played a better game tonight as well. So we'll dive into all of that uh, and some Blackhawks news as well. Before we do, make sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Four Feathers Pod and at Ontap Sportsnet. If you enjoy the podcast, please go subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. So, Ron, let's jump in. Initial thoughts, like I mentioned, this is a two-zero winner. Uh, my big thing initially is a uh, better jump to start. You weren't letting uh, Detroit control as much of the play as they did on Monday night. Um, so that, that was just an uh, initial one for me. So go ahead and hit me with yours. Yeah, um, definitely agree with that. Much better effort uh, from the Blackhawks tonight. I think just again, I feel like they uh, they controlled the play a little more. They didn't look overwhelmed, uh, even though some of the numbers, when you just look at the box score at the end of the day, would suggest that the Hawks were overwhelmed tonight. They really weren't. They kind of, you know, handled play the way they needed to. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it might not be the prettiest win, but the W's a W. Yeah, so Kevin Lankinen recording his first career shutout tonight. Uh, it's the title of this episode, Lockdown Lankinen. He also had a point tonight, Ron, a little assist uh, on that Khrushchev goal that we will get to. Yeah, I love it. We need to like make a term for that. Like, I don't know what goalie back in the day, maybe like a Marty Turco hat trick type thing. I mean, Marty Turco was a good puck handler, probably got a lot of assists over the course of his career, you know, probably recorded just as many shutouts. And here he is, Kevin Lankin and, you know, doing his best uh, impression, getting his what second now assist on the season already Correct. Uh, for Mr. For Mr. Kevin Lankin. And then, uh, as you mentioned, that first career shutout, uh, it's got to feel good for him. I know for Hawks fans tonight, it was uh, it was awesome. And it was on national television. So a lot of people got to watch Kevin Lankin and on full display, which I think even more um, more so kind of ups his stock uh, as an NHL goaltender. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, excellent that like you had mentioned on national TV. Only thing that I'm missing here, I guess, is that uh, fans couldn't be in the building, too, even if it wasn't a away game. Uh, you knew there would probably be a large Blackhawks contingency up there. So I guess it's my only uh, gripe about that. Um, you know, we, we got some good, uh, obviously, the result, um, plenty of good uh, stuff goal wise here. And, um, you know, they were talking about controlling the play and all that. Uh, some bad to get to, but we'll break it all down. Uh, let's jump in first period. Um, no scoring in this frame, but um, you talk about a uh, early chance here for the Blackhawks. Stetcher takes tripping penalty. Uh, Kubelik uh, has an embellishment um, call. 
against him on that. So they go four on four. Um, that was at the 346 mark. And uh, the Blackhawks absolutely dominated uh, that four on four stretch. Unfortunately, nothing was able to get through. But one uh, observation that I had from there, Ron, was Adam Boquist flying across uh, the front of the net with a nice opportunity. He had himself a real nice start to this game. I think he played about four and a half around there in the first period alone. And, um, you know, all of his metrics were good. Go look at the retweet on our forefathers timeline from our fellow panelists. Uh, Austin Blackhawks D zone and um, nice to see him back in the lineup. This is the first game back from COVID Ron. Yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, he and, and even Ian Mitchell, you know, two of the younger defensemen on this team coming out and having really good jumps out the, out the gate uh, was really nice to see. Right. I mean, as you mentioned that chance for uh Boakvist on the doorstep, love watching him activate and plays like that. I feel like that's where he's going to make his career living. Like, He's never going to be an elite defender, and that's okay, especially if you compare him with a guy that's going to be able to cover for him. But for Boakvist to be as effective as he can be, to me as an NHL player, he has to be that offensive threat from the blue line. And so seeing him jump in like that, even though obviously it wasn't a goal, actually was a really nice save by Jonathan Bernier, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really nice seeing him jump into the play like that and, and you know get a very quality scoring chance on that. Speaking of uh, young offensive defensemen, I guess this one uh, more of the hybrid slick Nick, as I like to call him, Nick Bodine. It's a post. Feels like it's like his sixth or seventh uh, post that he's hit here, but obviously he has potted two of them. So not long after Patrick King, Ron, this would have been just an absolute real goal. But the move that he put on just put everyone in awe, even the broadcasters. Unbelievable stuff. Oh, my reaction at home, Johnny, if you could have seen it was unbelievable. I, I, I lost my mind and I was hoping so desperately that he was going to go like bar down to and just finish it off. Cause that would have been, we would have been watching that highlight 10 years from now. I mean, it was that kind of move, but yeah, absolutely just undressed. I, I don't remember who it was. I was too in awe of the play at the moment, but undress is the guy coming in as he's walking down from the blue line and just, God, I wish he could have finished that. Cause that would have I just know. been everywhere for years and years to come. What an absolutely awesome move by him. And again, I I remember quote tweeting it and saying like, you might not be the biggest Hawks fan in the world, but this play alone is why Patrick Kane is worth tuning in to the broadcast. Indeed. We've talked about it ad nauseum here on this podcast. We'll continue to do so uh, as long as Patrick Kane continues to do things like that. And he will. So I uh, can expect to hear about it here on Four Feathers as we roll on through this uh, fairly even uh, play in this first period. Like I mentioned, no scoring, but nine, nine shots after one. Hawks had a slight advantage in five on five scoring chances at seven, six. Um, Wings did have some high danger chances. One of those came at the end of the period, Ron. Uh, really nice. Uh, actually, you know, not I shouldn't even say. I was about to say stop by Lankanen, but he had some nice stops leading up to this. Um, and then Robbie Fabry, I mean, he, he just flat out fucked up. Great A scoring chance right on the doorstep. This easily could have been 1-0 Detroit going into the locker room. Yeah, agreed. Um, but, you know, sometimes you get the puck luck, and it's nice to see that the Hawks get the puck luck tonight. And, uh, ultimately, uh, Fabry doesn't bury it, and as you mentioned, the, the, they're able to go into the intermission uh, with the score the way it was. As we come out in the second period, then Ron, uh, Pia Suter takes a tripping penalty at the 208 mark of the second. And uh, Detroit's a little bit better looking power play. Uh, Eddie O had commented on it on the broadcast, this being a national call tonight. Um, but they, they weren't able to get anything going. And just uh, this starts off the kind of the streak of, uh, you know, the Blackhawks uh, held the wings. Once again, granted, their power play is 30th in the league, only Minnesota worse than them. But, uh, you know, 
three for three on kills for the Hawks tonight, and they would end up winning the uh, special teams advantage, uh, as we'll get to a little bit later on. So just wanted to reel that in here. Uh, you know, Lankanen had a nice stop on a redirect on that power play. DeHaan had himself a big block. I think we can talk about Calvin DeHaan and his sound defensive play every game. Um, and I think it's important that we do, Ron, because, uh, you know, it's not stuff that'll show up in the highlight reel at all. Absolutely. It's it's the plays, you know, it's it's like certain other sports, right? You think about, you know, maybe a guy that made a great pass to one guy and that guy gets the assist in basketball. So it's that second guy that isn't getting the credit, but without that guy, it's that play, you know, in football, it's like the offensive line, for example. Um, you know, even in baseball, you know, it, it's the guy making that sweet defensive play. Sure, it's going to show up on the highlight reel for that game, but, you know, when you look at the guy back of his baseball card at the end of the season, that doesn't show up. And, mm-hmm. and as you mentioned, you know, those defensive plays from def- – especially – really from anybody, but especially from defensemen um, and a guy of Calvin DeHaan's caliber uh, really on the blue line, you have to bring it up. You have to give guys like that credit because without those type of guys on your team, you're never going to be successful as an organization. Well said, Ron. As we move through the second period, there was a uh, Stetcher interference penalty on Kubalik at the 519. Mark Kurashev had himself a wraparound chance that was denied um, as Hawks still had possession before the whistle went. Um, and then I noticed this uh, with the Blackhawks getting their chance here. First one on the power play that eventually was unsuccessful, but Boak was playing in the middle. And we saw that uh, come out as the lines were reported in practice a few days back. And as he was working back into the mix, uh, you know, Andrew Shaw being out, he would usually kind of play that middle role, uh, especially with Johnny Taves out. So uh, now that both of those guys aren't there, they're trying Boquist in there. And it's a nice idea on paper uh, with the hands and, and, you know, getting another, you know, technically he's a defenseman then. So uh, even if he is playing a forward spot, so to say, on that power play, um, I'll just come out and say it even after seeing it just a couple times tonight. You just needed a better puck retriever there. Uh, there were a couple of plays that, if you have a shot type in there, it's probably at least rung around, giving yourself a chance uh, where they resulted in easy clears for the wings. Yeah, and honestly, I would argue a guy like Brandon Hagel maybe getting a look there. Like to me, that he screams the type of player that you would want in that role. Um, and so again, why not? Like I, I respect them trying different things. I think it doesn't hurt to try Bokvist there. Um, as you mentioned, I, I understand the appeal with you know his offensive prowess, but. You know, at the end of the day, I think it's fair to, you know, let him be a power play quarterback at another time and, you know, let him use that offensive flair. And maybe if you want him in the power play, but not as your point guy, maybe you play him more on like a wing spot. I don't necessarily agree with the Shaw role for him, but like maybe you let him play on that offside. I know this is throwing it way back and people probably don't remember this because these games are played at like four in the morning. But um, the last time the USA hockey team played in the Olympics without NHL players, Jim was new, James Wisniewski, friend of the program, made that Olympic team. And he played that role in the power play. He was the one-time guy at the top of the left circle. Maybe you try Boakfist there if you want to on like the second unit or something. But um, I think a guy like Brandon Hagel is really who I'd like to see kind of in that role. Or maybe even a Matthias Janbark because he's been playing so well. Yeah, uh, yeah, good points. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. Um, I can imagine that uh, Jeremy Calden probably wasn't too pleased uh, with, with the puck retrieval efforts there. But that was just something I noticed. I uh, wanted to point out, see what your thoughts were on it. Uh, I think Hagel is an intriguing option there. Uh, we will see what happens, uh, like I said. As we move through in the second period, Hawks take a two-many-men penalty at 645. Uh, that kind of negated the end of that power play chance that they had. Um, and it was good to see uh, Ryan Carpenter back in the mix tonight. My guy, you know I love him, Ron. Um, he and Camp had 
had a nice little shorthanded rush. Nothing amounted to it, um, but good to see him. Didn't look like, you know, some of these guys come back and, you know, someone like Soderberg coming after his uh, immigration issue said he needed a few games to get back. And granted, that's not the same as COVID. Um, and, and, you know, Lucas Walmark for Monday night's game uh, when he was back, you know, just trying to ease back into things and he was playing a wing off of the spot. But uh, Carpenter just getting back in, doing what he does uh, on the penalty kill. So I was uh, happy to see him back there. Um, and, you know, uh, the other kind of comment I had from this uh, PK is Kevin Lankinen's abilities uh, to make saves uh, through traffic. It's it is calm, cool, collected Kevin, like we've said here many a time on four feathers. Uh, but it, I think it just talk about the confidence that you have in him in, in those types of situations, as opposed to someone like Malcolm Subban. Yeah. Like you said, it's just, it's that composure. I mean, some guys might get the job done at the end of the day and credit to a guy like Malcolm Subban lately, he's been getting that job done. You know, he's been making those saves when he needs to, but there's just something about that presence that Lankinen has back there. Again, as we mentioned, calm, cool, collective Kevin, like he is just that guy right now. And when you have that kind of guy back there, like Corey Crawford was that way for a long time for the Hawks, even anti Niemi way back in the day, kind of had that aura to him. When you have that type of guy back there in net, it just it makes everybody else, I think, play a little looser because they know, God forbid, I make a mistake, especially with a young team like the Hawks have right now. I mean, hell, you have, what, three rookies on the blue line, four rookies on the blue line, as well as, you know, three forwards that are rookies. If you have that kind of presence back there in net, it just makes those guys feel so much more confident playing just their game. And if they make a mistake, God forbid, it's not going to cost them the game because you have a guy like that, you know, who Lincoln and who can just make it look so easy, uh, as like you mentioned, with making those saves, especially through, uh, through traffic. Lockdown Lankinen in full effect tonight, and that was just one of the um, you know 29 that he had tonight. Made 29 saves and uh, 10 of 10 uh, as the Wings had the advantage. So obviously they, they had a little bit more going on their power play this evening, uh, but Lankinen was up to the task every time. So just uh, excellent to see from Kevin Lankinen, the rookie. Um, let's get to our scoring play, or one that we have here, Ron. I guess we do have one towards the end, but uh, this one, you know, actually had a uh, c- contested net. Um, it was a Philpulous slashing penalty on Boquist. Uh, and th- this is, you know, kind of nice where you have Boquist back in the mix because uh, we talked about him maybe not being the best defender and never going to be his game, but we know his offensive prowess. Uh, he creates this penalty and this opportunity for the Blackhawks because he's carrying into the zone with speed. Philpia has no choice but to slash him unless he wants him to cut right to the slot. So that was at the 10-12 mark. Uh, he goes off to the box, Philpia that is, and um, not a whole lot going, I would say, on this power play for the Hawks uh, until Kevin Lankinen dishes one to uh, Duncan Keith as they're advancing it back, trying to get one last rush in. And Keith finds Kershev splitting through the middle of the ice. And he dances through what I put out from Four Feathers, the entire city of Detroit on his way to the net around everyone, makes an excellent deke, uh, gets the defender lunging one way, uh, comes back, buries it five hole uh, under Jonathan Bernier. And it was just such a highlight reel goal, Ron. Um, it's so awesome to know that we're going to be seeing these plays on sports center and NHL network and whatnot. And they're rookies for the Hawks. The, the people that are watching that don't, you know, follow the Hawks religiously like we do probably won't even know the hell who he is and won't know for a while until they're a little bit more established in the league. It was nasty. And Johnny, to your point, right? Like, it's not like this guy's a number one overall pick in the draft and people might know about him. Like, these are guys that were drafted, you know, a handful of years ago that have just progressed their way through the system. And I remember there was a report, 
probably about a year and a half ago about the Hawks were so high on Kershev and they want to give him every opportunity in Rockford. And, you know, he got to play a lot in Rockford really often as a top line center for them. So it's really nice seeing him kind of, I don't want to say pay it forward because that's not the right word, but just that growth, right? He's coming in. He only plays 10 minutes tonight. It's not like he played a ton of ice time, uh, even though they only had 11 forwards out there, but talk about making it, really just making the most of your opportunity. I mean, what a play. The hands are clearly there. I- I'm starting to understand what this front office sees in some of these guys like Kurashev and Hagel and, um, you know, Pia Suter and then some of these blue liners. I mean, the amount of confidence I've heard in the past that Bowman had in Kurashev is actually starting to make me think like Bowman might actually know what the hell he's talking about because that type of play, I don't care who you are. You might get lucky. But Kershaw's made a couple of those type of plays this season already, so clearly the the skill is there. It's just nobody knew who the hell he was. And you talk about how they got him and how high they were on him. Um, if you think back, um, this was uh, part of the Ryan Hartman trade um, because with the picks that they got back for Ryan Hartman from Nashville uh, when they sent him there years ago, um, the first-round pick that they used was on Bodine, and then the fourth-round pick that they used was on Kurashev. So uh, just something to keep in mind uh, on that goal uh, that we were referring to and brought up this whole Philip Kurashev discussion, though. Uh, Keith and then Lankinen, uh, as we alluded to earlier, uh, pick up the assists on this one. So um, uh, nice to see that um, for Kevin Lankinen. Uh, point number two uh, in his NHL career, uh, very early NHL career. So uh, nice to see that. And that brings uh, Kurashev to five goals on the season, just one short of his teammate, Mr. Pia Suter. So um, as we round out the second period, uh, Hawks got another power play chance uh, when Fabry hooked Strom at 14-10, nothing going. Uh, Detroit had a slight edge, 18-17 in shots after two. Uh, once again, fairly even play. Um, obviously, the Blackhawks with the better chances because they were on the power play more times in that second period. But we move on uh, to period three, and um, Juice tries the uh, same move, actually similar. It was a little bit further out to the left circle uh, that he tried on to break it and scored on Monday night. Um, but he, he tried that and uh, was not able to uh, find twine there. But I just thought it was interesting. Uh, Detroit defenseman coming down uh, using that same strategy. So other than that, Kelvin DeHaan takes tripping penalty at uh, 9.56 mark. Uh, Lycan, it just comes up with four huge stops very early in the power play. And uh, th- those are crucial because that could have been a turning point in the game. And Detroit was really bringing it because, you know, they're down one. They got to press. Uh, they're trying to win this game no matter what status their organization is rebuild not whatever um but they'll like it and stones them all uh, he had every answer was what um i believe mike trico said on the call and that was exactly how i would put it here uh, he had all the answers um and he did later on at um five on five and that was when the hawks were just trapped in their zone tried to clear multiple times couldn't get it out boquist had a kind of turnover that um you know sat at the line held in uh but lankin and he got sucked out of his net. Somehow it doesn't go in. He had like Lucas Carlson sitting in the net, you know, five other sticks around there banging away. Uh, but it held, somehow it didn't go in. And uh, Puck Luck was on the Hawks' side tonight. So, hey, we'll take it. Uh, eventually leads to Debrinket, empty netter. Uh, not too long after Detroit had pulled the goalie. So, um, Ron, I like that because uh, I don't like sweating it out when it's six on five and we're the team with five on the ice. So, uh, that was good to see. And Cat scoring in his home state. Uh, that put the cap on it. Uh, Kane had the assist. 2-0. Hawks win. Uh, hit me with uh, some bigger takeaways from this one before we move on to the next game. 
Yeah, I mean, this was this was a fun game to watch. I mean, the the Hawks weren't necessarily dominating by any means, but um, you know, certainly something. I'm pretty much the two big things that we haven't really already talked about because obviously the Kane almost goal was just filthy, and obviously that Kershev goal was also filthy. Um, but two things I really took away from tonight: Yadmark is really growing on me as a player. Uh, I, I really get why he's a part of that JC Trust circle. Like he just he doesn't do anything great. Like, he's not a Patrick Kane. He's not, you know, somebody of that stature. But he's just really good at kind of everything. Like, he kills penalties. He can play the power play. He is. He knows how to play without the puck. He knows how to play with the puck. I get why he was a, you know, why they paid $2.25 million for a guy like him when guys like Walmart uh, and Soderbergh came in for a million or less. And, I, I, you know, I'm hoping he's kind of a guy that maybe at the deadline they say, hey, look, we're going to deal you for half the season, but we like you and we'd love for you to come back this summer. Like to me, that's the type of player he might be. Cause I think he's really good for some of these young guys too. Like he's young enough where he still can identify with them, but he's old enough where he's got that critical experience. He went to a Stanley cup with Dallas last season. You know, he brings a lot of intangibles to the, to this team and you kind of need his skill set, at least one of those kind of players. Uh, to me, on any team that's going to be really successful. So he's he's probably a big one that I had tonight. Uh, and then again, the young defenseman. Uh, I kind of briefly touched on it earlier in the show, but it's nice seeing Boakvist and Mitchell just continue to have that confidence. Boakvist looked probably the most confident he's really looked all season. Uh, maybe it was just time away and you know, kind of getting to work back into his zone and maybe p- playing a little freely because of the 7D and he's not you know the top-pairing guy with Keith every single second that Keith's out on the ice. Yeah, I think that really helped him tonight. You know, like we talked about it early in the show, the the offensive chance that he had, and and even guys like Ian Mitchell. Mitchell made a couple of really nice plays with his stick tonight uh, to break up some Detroit chances. So again, love seeing these young guys play well, even if they're playing in you know minimal minutes because of having to do the seven D rotation or whatever. But man, this the the youth of this team is fun to watch right now. And yeah, you know maybe this hot streak that they're on right now doesn't continue all season, but. They're still going to be fun to watch even, you know, late into the season because of watching the growth of some of these young guys. So those were really my two biggest takeaways from tonight. And then obviously, you know, we throw in the youth, cool, calm, collective Kevin. I mean, first career shutout. Congrats, kiddo. Uh, Well done. Well deserved. I think he's deserved to maybe have maybe at least one or two of those on top of tonight this season. But um, obviously, you know, some bad luck in some of those games. But good for him. He gets his first on national television. and, And hopefully that's only the first of many more to come. Well said. Um, I have a little bit more of a laundry list, but I'll just run through them. Uh, I don't need to elaborate too much because uh, a lot of these, um, are, some are just praise, others are criticism. I'll start with the criticism, and that's face-offs. Uh, 32% in the dot is the team tonight. Uh, that's El Brutel. Uh, go to school, uh, figure that out, um, because there's you know a game on uh, Saturday night. They looked a lot better in the dot, so we got to find some consistency there. Um, other than that, I like uh, Nikita Zadorov tonight. You know, we talk about him being good and bad. We got good Zadorov tonight. He, he made some good plays. Uh, Made some good zone exits, and um, you know he did have the three giveaways. But um, you know I think he's kind of prone to those. Uh, it happens, especially when he's getting pressured and he's a little bit slower at the feet. But um, overall, you know he plays twenty forty tonight, um, and it, I just liked his game. So I liked what we saw, and he was also letting it fly. So trying to generate a little offense. He's got he's big, strong. Uh, you 
throw those pucks on net. One of them can get redirected or find uh, its eyes through uh, and get past the goalie. So uh, I like what I saw from him tonight. And then uh, the other one is uh, Strom Slump. Uh, he just looks kind of off in every facet of the game as of late. Um, and I'm sure the faceoff dot uh, is probably no exception here tonight for him. Yeah, uh, 25% at the dot tonight. Yikes. Uh, yeah, the, he's part of that, you know, the that overall team percentage being low. So uh, he's got to figure that out and then just be more sure of himself along the boards. I'm sure it's hard when lines are being shuffled and his wingers are not consistent all the time. But, hey, um, you know, I, I have no, no doubt that he can uh, break out of it. And you're they're going to need him to be a point producer um, because, you know, as, as great as it is with the rookies, uh, the guys that have been there around the block a few times, uh, when the going gets a little tougher, um, you'll need those guys to step up. So um, that's what I had. And then I'll, I'll give a tip of the hockey helmet to Kevin Lykanen again. Uh, that's awesome. And I think that can be unanimously, Ron, a shutout that, totally qualifies as cool and tough player of the game. I think you would not differ from me on that. I will not. I will absolutely second you. Um, cool, calm, collective. Kevin is cool and tough, uh, and he certainly was in this one. All right. Uh, a couple notes, and then uh, we got to get to a word from our sponsor, and we'll preview the next game. So my notes were um, Blackhawks are now second in the Central Division. Granted, they have played 18 games more than any team in the league, but still, hey, 22 points, good for fourth in the league as well. Uh, from Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times uh, on Twitter, uh, this is the first time they are true at 500, meaning that you know first column wins uh, is equal to um, or greater than the uh, other two columns combined uh in the losses and overtime losses so first time they're at true 500 though since october 28th of 2018 so um that's you know mind-boggling did not think we'd see that at any point this season so other than that uh, i mentioned it earlier but 4-0-0 versus detroit detroit sucks all right let's get a word from manscaped our sponsor Hey, fellas, we are in the thick of winter and a storm's a brewing, or should we say a strom's a brewing for four feathers here? Anyway, looks like there's one to three inches in the forecast when you go and trim that hibernation bush taking place in your pants. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology, your snags and your snowballs will be reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower or the jacuzzi or wherever the hell you want. Manscaped's performance package is the best buy of 2021. It comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag. Have you ever noticed how nasty nose and ear hair is? In fact, 79% of partners polled admitted that nose hair is a major turnoff. Might as well have the best tools to take care of that job. The bundle also comes with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant that will make your balls smell nice and fresh all day. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will make your balls look up and say thanks. Don't get cold feet this winter. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ONTAP at manscaped.com. That's the code ONTAP, all one word, at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. There's plenty of other amazing men's hygiene products on their website from disposable mats for your pubes to foot deodorant. So go and check it all out and take 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code ONTAP. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code ONTAP. 
Thank you to Manscaped. We are back now, uh, wrapping up this Four Feathers post game show here on Wednesday, February 17th. Uh, before that ad, we had the breakdown of the Blackhawks 2 0 winner over the Red Wings tonight. Now we're looking ahead, Ron, to the Hurricanes, uh, Carolina. The Blackhawks will be heading down there Friday, February 19th, second stop on this road trip. That game will be at 6 p.m. Central Time, uh, NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, I love a Friday Night Hawks game, Ron. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. Friday night and Saturday night hockey just hit differently. Uh, it's the weekend. You can, you know, hashtag crack them with the the on tap group and just enjoy some Blackhawks hockey. Knowing you don't have to wake up the ass crack of dawn the next day if you, uh, you know, have a big boy job and you got to go uh, go get some things done at, you know, 5 a.m. or some of those early hours. So, yeah, just Friday night, Saturday night hockey just it hits differently. It's it's beautiful. It's different. Correct way to describe that. I like it. Um, previewing this one, Blackhawks, as I mentioned, nine, five and four now at true 500. First time since early 2018. Uh, nice to see that 22 points there. Um, hard to believe they have more points than the Canes. But uh, once again, uh, Blackhawks have games in hand as well. But Hurricanes are 10, three and one. 21 points now. Um, they sit just below the Hawks there uh, when we're talking Central Division standings. Uh, they lost to Florida today. Four to three in overtime, so uh, they will be looking to avenge that loss run. I think we can expect a pissed off Carolina Hurricanes team on Friday night. Yeah, especially because I feel like the Hurricanes coming into the season thought they were just going to kind of roll over everybody in the Central Division outside of maybe Tampa, and it really hasn't been the case. Uh, a lot of these teams have put up good fights against them, as you mentioned, Florida, who's been really good this season so far. Um, you know, being one of those teams, and the Hawks have even given them fits too. Uh, in, in the handful of games that they've already played this season. So definitely going to be a pissed off Hurricanes team. And I think it's going to be a good challenge for the Sox team because they're riding high after three straight wins. You know, I, it, it's going to be, I think, good for them uh, to, you know, play a team that's going to come in, you know, hungry, has a ton of depth. And maybe the Hawks are able to, you know, again, this is kind of one of those games that's going to maybe stand out. I think this series could really stand out just given the circumstances where these two teams are coming in. The Hawks are able to escape with, two three or even all four points in these two games it's going to speak a lot about this blackhawks roster i'd say character check for sure um i I think that's a good way to describe it ron uh like i mentioned it'll be a hungry hurricanes team uh coming in uh in their building at home friday night so uh we'll see what happens my thing you just got to preach is uh protecting the house and uh, eliminating second scoring chances because the hurricanes will make you pay if you give up too many of those um wasn't the case against a team like Detroit that they played these past two games. So hopefully they can uh, watch film uh, and make the proper adjustments because uh, Hurricanes have a lot more talent that can come a lot harder and a lot faster. So that's my final thought on this. Let's get a stick to click from you. Yeah, the stick to click's a little tough. Uh, you know, I, your Kane pick was a good one. Uh, my my slick Nick pick wasn't as great because he only played what twelve Hit the minutes post, of ice time. Hit the post. He though. did. He did. He did. He's still getting active. He's he's still getting those power play times too, which I enjoy watching. But a guy tonight that really stood out to me that didn't get on the score sheet was Pia Suter. Um, three shots on net. Played twenty minutes of ice time. I think probably for the first time all season. Maybe this is like only the second time that he's played over twenty minutes. Um, and obviously just the way Kane and DeBrinket have been playing and those are his, his two wings right now. It feels really good with number 24 up the middle. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take Pia Suter. Uh, maybe he gets on the board. Um, if there was a Sunday game this week, I would have reserved it for Suter Sundays, but <laughs> unfortunately they play a Friday, Saturday back to back. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh Pia Suter on, on good old Friday night for, 
you know, maybe, maybe he knows the mood, you know, Friday beers, Pia Suter, you know, a couple goals, crack them and let's have a good time on Friday night. Give me Pia Suter. It's different. It's different as well. Pia Suter, uh, if he can come through for you on the stick to click, uh, that would for you. Um, yeah, I agree. He was very active tonight playing that, you know, 20 minute mark. Um, that, that's big for him playing with the big, big boys and, uh, Kane and Debrinket. So, uh, obviously plenty of chances for him. Uh, guy I'm going to go with the Blackhawks are going to have success in this game. They're going to need power play tallies. And, uh, Dominic Kubalik is that guy from the wing. Mm. Um, but I also have a little something in the works uh, with our graphics guy over at ONTAP Sportsnet, uh, that being uh, Danny Schwartz. He's an excellent follow on Twitter, um, so go and check him out. But uh, he's getting a little uh, just fucking crank it graphic together for me because that's what I like to say when Kubelik, um is shot happy uh, because he does have an excellent shot. And uh, I think, you know, some of those can get through. He has scored a power play goal against the Hurricanes uh, so far earlier this season. So uh, I'll go back to that. And like I mentioned, just key to the game. Uh, probably I need some power play tallies uh, to win that one. So uh, I'll go with him. And uh, yeah. Uh, let's roll. So uh, we'll get out of here, Ron. Before we do, uh, listeners, make sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Go and follow us on Twitter and Instagram where we share these episodes at Four Feathers Pod at ONTAP Sportsnet, both platforms. And then, once again, uh, if you want these right in your queue uh, when you wake up in the morning, uh, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, we are feathers podcast thank you for tuning in with us uh we know you enjoyed the outcome we hope you enjoyed the post game show as well ron detroit sucks let's go hawks detroit sucks let's go hawks baby